Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm your host, and I'm really delighted to be here and to be bringing you kind of a a random episode. There's just a bunch of uh, questions that some of you have asked on the Facebook page, and so I thought I would take this time to address them. Uh, Before we get into that, though, it is going to be a great show, Uh, I wanted to just mention, if you're local to me in the Lower Mainland area, um, near Vancouver, I'm now booking in-person group readings again. So starting in July, that's where I travel to your home or your location and read for your small group of family and friends. And if you'd like to book, you can check out my Facebook page, with it, which is Psychic Media Melissa White, and um, I can post the booking link in the show notes as well. I'm really excited and I'm happy to be able to say that I can get back at it. I can get back out there. Really, the group readings, I have to say, like they came about in such a way that was not planned. Um, Right when I first started offering readings to people, I was doing private readings, um, probably for a month or two. And then somebody just asked me if I would ever consider doing a group. And I said, sure, even though I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't really know what to expect or how it was going to go. But I really trusted spirit and I felt really guided and I felt like, okay, this will be all right. Um, So I went and I did it and it turned out it turned out to be a positive experience. It was great. And um, it became something that people really ended up enjoying. People really found like beneficial fun to do. It's it's definitely interesting to see because sometimes I think people have this idea that it's going to be somber or depressing and actually it is so lovely and so beautiful and it's something really special that you can share with other people. So it's really it's really an opportunity to connect with spirit and it's also a chance to experience other people's connections with spirit. So it it's a great it's a great time and I'm really I'm happy to be able to offer it again. So if you're interested, you can check that out. Uh, the sign up period for the magical membership is now closed, but I do plan to open it up again probably in the fall. So watch for those details. And I would also want to remind you, if you want to ensure that you're not missing out on any episodes that are posted of the podcast, just make sure to subscribe. And if you're feeling extra generous, then I would be really grateful if you would rate and leave a nice review on iTunes. Seems to be the way to get the podcast visible to more people. And so I really do appreciate that. All right. So having said that, welcome to the month of June. This is the month of my birth. I love Gemini season. I get supercharged up. I get definitely um, refocused and and revitalized around this time every year. And so um, I'm hoping you guys are feeling, feeling well and feeling good. We are in the midst of a Mercury retrograde, eclipse season, all kinds of things going on. So it's definitely an active time uh, energetically. But um, yeah, just wishing you guys well. Now, here we go. First question is from Maya. And she wants to know what my, she says, what is your favorite part about what you do? And what is the hardest part about what you do? When did you realize you could connect with spirit? 
if you hadn't chosen to pursue your career as a medium, what other job would you have chosen? Uh, Okay, so my favorite part, I mean, my favorite part about what I do is that I get to have experiences with people that can be life-changing. Their time with spirit that I can kind of facilitate and just, you know, be there for and, and witness is in many ways miraculous. You know, it's miraculous what the spirit world allows to unfold. And I think that I'm just really in gratitude to the spirit world for that. Um, and gratitude to the people that seek me out. Gratitude, you know, I'm in gratitude to the people who entrust me enough to go on this this journey with them each time. And so it's it's a real it's a real blessing. And I, I don't say that lightly. You know, I, I know that it can sound sometimes like, yes, of course, it's a blessing and it's this and it's that. But it really is. You know, I'm the kind of person that my whole life was really craving deep conversations. You know, I'm not the kind of person who's actually very good at, at small talk. I'm not very good at surface level friendship, surface level anything, any kind of relationship that's surface level. I, I find it hard. I find it very challenging. And so, you know, I'm the kind of person that's always been drawn to the more deep and kind of like um, philosophical type conversations and questions and the spiritual and the, you know, the ethereal and all of that. And so to get to do this work and experience all of those things with other people and share it with people and sort of pass that along to them, it it feels really good. And I do love that part. Um, The other thing that I love (laughs) as a Gemini, I can never choose (laughs) one. Uh, also a Libra rising. So, you know, I've got that like air sign and also the, the duality going on. Um, but the other, the other favorite thing is the ability to teach, ability to share what I know, share what I've experienced with others. And it, it feels amazing. I get teary eyed. I get so proud when my students are out there and like, you know, doing, doing it, you know, really, really like putting themselves out there, trying, like stepping out of their comfort zone, really, really owning their power. Um, and it doesn't even have to mean like doing this professionally. Some of them do, but some of them don't, you know, but I'm, I'm just so proud of every student for, doing that, you know, for really, really taking the time and the space to create a bond and a relationship with spirit and to empower themselves to live a life that is, you know, deeper than the everyday physical world. To me, that's great. I I recently had a practice session where um, some of my mediumship ladies were reading. It was a surprise. They didn't know that they were going to be reading for guests. Um, but I had a few guests come and graciously um, agreed to come and be read by my students. And uh, they did well. They did They did so well. But one of my students in particular, she's been with me for a few years, and she was uh, doing a, a mediumship reading for one of the guests. And she was able to come up with 
um, the number of years that the sitter had been uh, together with her partner that was in spirit. And it also, I think his exact age when he passed or something like very specific details. And I was literally like crying. Like I was just so, so impressed, so proud. I feel like every, every student that I have, I feel like they're like my little like chick, you know, and it like sending off the little chickies out into the world. And it's just so much pride, so much pride, so proud of them. And so that part I have to say, I absolutely love and you know it's it's one of these things too where I think this kind of work you're dealing with the soul soul level connections and so when people you know when people come into my class or people leave my class it is it is personal because it is of the soul and so it to me you know these people that decide to take my courses take my classes I I don't see them as just like, this is my work and this is business. I see them as, you know, people that I've in many cases had other lifetimes with, you know, we've known each other before and, you know, this lifetime, it's such a, it's such a blessing and such a privilege to be able to help, you know, to, to guide them in the right direction and to allow them to explore their own potential. And I, I find that to be amazing. Like that's, that's a beautiful part of, of what I do. What do I find to be the hardest part about what I do? Um, well, this is, I mean, there's a few things that I find really, really hard. Um, I think, I think the expectation that is put on us, sometimes the people that are brave enough to do this work, um, there's a lack of education about spirit about mediumship, how it actually works. And so sometimes the pressure of that, the pressure to be miraculous, the pressure to, you know, like be everything that people are hoping for. I I think that part of the, the wonderful thing is when you build up a reputation, it's awesome that, yes, of course, you get word of mouth and people have awesome experiences and then they tell their friends and then their friends come and that's that's wonderful. The downside of that is that not every person is going to be compatible with every reader, with every medium. So there's some times where people will come and their expectations are very high and they can kind of get in their own way, or it turns out that "Mm, we're just not an energetic match. And the perfectionist in me really has a hard time with that. I'm getting better. I'm better at being able to accept that now, but for a long time I I took responsibility. I felt very I felt very responsible for that. I felt badly about it. I felt guilty about it if, you know, if that was the case. Um so and I and I sometimes will will even say that it's not the work itself. The actual work with spirit is beautiful and it is not it's not necessarily like it's not draining. It's, it's, it feels great. It's like you're on a kind of like a high, like a spiritual high when you're giving readings and you're in connection with spirit. What's draining is people's expectations, um, or lack of understanding about how it actually works and how their attitude towards a reading or their energy towards a reading can actually influence it to a great extent. 
Now, there are people that will debate this. There are mediums that will say that's not true. I'm just speaking from my experience and what I've what I've seen. So I've done a lot, a lot of readings over the years in private, in person, on the phone, in groups, in larger demonstrations. And it seems to me the people who are open, the people who come in and they're okay with whatever unfolds, they're, they're going to like let go and surrender and just see what happens. Those people tend to be the ones that are always going to get these amazing details, amazing evidence, information. Ex- their experience is like out of this world. The people who are trying to control the reading, the people who have uh, a sort of non-negotiable secret password that if you do not say this word, you are not a legit medium, you know, or people who come in purposely to disprove you. People, there are people, you know, there are people out there and you'll find this if you're, if you're a medium or you're, you're wanting to get out there and work as a medium, you'll find that. There are people that will see that you've got a certain level of success or a certain level of credibility, reputation, and they want to come and find something to discredit you. You know, they want to find, they want to pick you apart. It it makes them feel good. It satisfies something in them to kind of say, oh, who does she think she is? She's, you know, oh, people think she's so great. Yeah, right. You know, and I've been tested before by people. I've been lied to about information that I've, you know, I've given information and people have lied to me when it was, it was actually true, but they're telling me it wasn't. And then their friend is sitting beside them and calls them out on it. Um, I've, I've set boundaries where I've said, you know, please no alcohol or recreational drugs like before or during readings. And I'll show up to group readings and people will be drinking, all of them will be drinking. And, you know, that kind of thing is really hard for me. It's hard for me to um, feel disrespected sometimes. And I get it. Like this, this happens in any job. It's not, it's not like I'm saying like, oh, poor me, I have it so rough. Like, no, that's not the case. But it is a tough thing because I take it seriously. It's my vocation. It's my calling. This is this is a part of who I am, and so when people don't take it seriously or people disrespect spirit or they disrespect the process, it that is really hard for me. I take that super personally, and so you know what it's taught me is to have some very firm boundaries. It's taught me to stand up for myself and say, no, that's not going to work. These are my guidelines. This is what I need in order to give you my best and to do, you know, my best work. And that is what I want. But I've recognized, you know, people have to meet you halfway. People have to do their part too. You know, so it's the same with the universe. You want, you know, you want to um, say you want to manifest some things in your life. You also have to meet the universe halfway. You have to be present and open and willing and receptive. And your energy has to be in, you have to be in the right energy. You have to be wanting, you know, wanting it to work. So I guess, I guess, I hope that answers your question, Maya. Um, And I don't mean to, I don't want to go on a rant or anything, but it just, I, I do find that to be difficult if I'm being, you know, and I am, I'm being honest with you guys on this podcast. It's like, sometimes I feel like, is it too personal? Like maybe I shouldn't be saying these things, but at the end of the day, I trust, I trust that it reaches the people it needs to reach and that it will help somebody to know that they're not alone if they have these feelings or these thoughts. So it's just the truth. It just is what it is. 
Um, if I hadn't chosen to pursue a career as a medium, what other job would I have chosen? Well, when I was a child, I used to play, like I want to say like maybe seven years old, eight years old. I used to pretend maybe even younger, like even like grade one. Um, I used to sit at my mom's china cabinet in the dining room and set it up like a little office and pretend that I was like a psychologist or like a therapist. Um, so that I, I think that that was very, that was something that was appealing to me. I also really wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I, I definitely, um, was gearing towards that in, in school, um, and ended up going to college and starting, starting that degree. Um, I was really interested in languages. I am fluent in French. I went through French immersion up until grade 12. And then I took French in college for two years. Um, and is fluent in Spanish as well. So, uh, linguistics was always very interesting to me. It was always very intriguing to me and very natural, very easy. So those were sort of the, like, I thought maybe an interpreter, like would be really cool as well. So, um, those are the three things that I think I would have, I would have done had I not done, uh, this, this work when I started doing it. Um, and I would say it's wonderful. I still do get to be in some ways working with people in a therapeutic fashion. And I do get to also teach and and educate people. So that is great. And the interpreter, I think I am doing that because I am basically interpreting the language of the soul. Um, And I'm interpreting the feelings and the sensations and the images and all that stuff and relaying it to people. So in a way, you know, those three things that I was interested in and wanted to be, I I sort of am doing that just in a very different way. So that's kind of neat to think about. And it was interesting. I was doing a, a Zoom group reading the other day, and one of the ladies um, had her two mothers coming through. She had like a biological mother and a adoptive mother. And she told me after, at the end of the reading, because I brought them both through and I was talking about them both, um, she said it was really interesting that when I was talking about the one mom, uh, I was saying mum, like M-U-M, British, and she actually was British. And then when I was talking about the other mother, I would say like mom, you know, like how we M-O-M. And it's not something that I picked up on. I didn't even notice I was doing it. But obviously, she's very highly trained and attuned to listen to, you know, the different um, sounds and pick out the different the different ways of speaking and in the speech patterns and stuff. And I thought, oh, that's not fascinating that she picked that up. And I've noticed that with accents and things like that, too. I can easily pick up different accents from around the world. I can do impressions of different accents. And I think it has to do with spirit working through me and just working very much with my voice and working with my, um, I'm very clear audience. So I do hear the the spirit speaking. So anyways, just thought that was kind of cool, kind of an interesting observation that she made. Another question, do I believe, okay, this is from Jessica, do I believe, do you believe that there is any correlation or causation between mental illness and spiritual intuition abilities? And to that point, do you think you can't develop abilities if you are medicated? Do I think there's correlation between? Hmm, well, I think sometimes it's really a fine line. I think I've mentioned this before, 
that I have a family member who's now in spirit, but when he was here in the physical world, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. He was institutionalized for some time. He was treated like electric shock therapy, all kinds of things, I think in the 60s or 70s. And I know just from knowing him in life and also knowing him in spirit that I think a lot of what he was experiencing was mediumistic. I don't actually believe that he was schizophrenic. That's my opinion. That's my take on it. I think some of the things that we experience as mediums could be seen as mental illness. I mean, you're seeing things, you're hearing voices, you are um, feeling things, you're knowing things that you kind of have no other way of knowing, you know, no logical way of knowing. So I could see that there's a fine line at times. Um, I do think that sometimes people who do struggle with their mental health, sometimes they are really drawn to intuitive and psychic and mediumistic things. And I would say that if you're struggling with your mental health, that's not the time to go delving into your training uh, intuitively or, you know, with mediumship. I think to actually work mediumistically and and with those faculties, you need to be really grounded and you need to be emotionally stable. You, you need to be in a good, you know, in a good, um, in good mental health. You know, that's going to be important to be able to, you know, to be able to withstand and to be able to integrate everything that you're experiencing and all the rest of it. I don't think that there's causation between the two. I, I don't think that, but I do think sometimes people are maybe, maybe experiencing sometimes a bit of both, or maybe sometimes they think that maybe it's mental illness when actually it is mediumship. You know, so I think that there's, there's likely a lot of research that still needs to be done. And I think it's very individual for each person. But I, I do think that it's important to recognize that if you're going to delve into this world and you're going to really work within it, then you need to be coming at it from a very um, grounded perspective. And I think your mental health is very, very important to look at. You can develop your abilities if you're medicated. I, I don't think that that is out of the question. I really believe that spirit is going to work with you no matter what, you know, and they're going to understand if you need to take medication because you've got, say, um, you know, you're, you're struggling with depression or anxiety or, you know, a variety of different things. That's, that's what, if that's what you need to take, that's what you need to take. So I would never say, Oh, don't, don't take medication because of your mediumship or because you're trying to develop your intuition or, you know, that's, that's, I think a very personal choice. And I think that, Whatever is good for you, whatever is going to help you, whatever is going to help you to be able to live a healthy and peaceful life, spirit will work with you. They'll work around it, you know? So if you if you need it, I would say, you know, you, it's not going to stop you. That, that's not going to stop you. I would say if you're using, uh, you know, if you're self-medicating or you're using, you know, alcohol or drugs or substance or, you know, any of that stuff, um, 
that would interfere for sure, you know, definitely. But if it's something you need for your mental health, that's a different story. So hopefully that makes sense. Thanks, Jessica, for listening, and thanks for the question. The next question is from Leslie. So let me just see here. I just had it, but of course, now I have to pull it up here. All right. So she was asking, do you need another medium to read for you? for an in-depth reading, or can you receive when you feel the need to receive for yourself? Hmm. Well, I think that if I really felt like I was in need of a reading, like in need of a mediumship reading, then I would, I would get one and it would be beneficial because it would be from someone else, you know, no bias, you know, so hopefully someone who doesn't know me and there's no connection. And so they could just read for me and it would be very much clear. Obviously everything coming through, they're not going to question it or anything because they don't know me. Um, when I'm trying to, you know, connect with spirit for myself, of course I, yes, I can connect for myself, but I would say that sometimes it does get a little tricky because I'm questioning sometimes as, you know, all humans, we, we will do this. We're looking at, okay, am I just thinking that that's, you know, that's what they're saying to me because that's what I want to hear. You know, you do sort of have that in the back of your mind. So I think it's, it depends, you know, I, I don't feel the need to get a lot of readings from other people. It doesn't, it's not something that I, um, I seek out. I do enjoy it. I, I do think that it's a beautiful thing if it happens and if there's, you know, an opportunity, but it's not something that I ever feel really like, oh my gosh, I need to go do that right now. Um, I can, I do connect with my guides, my angels. I connect with my own loved ones in spirit and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to be able to do. And I think that um, it's important, though, like to recognize that I would go to someone that I didn't know. And I would also expect like people that are close to me to go to people that like are not me because um, like my family and friends, like it's, it's so much better if they can get a reading from someone who doesn't know them and doesn't have any preconceived ideas or notions or, um, you know, kind of like any prior knowledge. I think the evidence and the um, validation is stronger that way. So, um, yeah, so I would prefer uh, to do that. Now, in classes that I teach, oftentimes, you know, my my loved ones in spirit love to help. They're very good teachers, and so they do work with me a lot. So oftentimes students will pick up on some of my people in spirit, and I love it. I love that. That's definitely like an added bonus. That makes me so happy, um, you know, to hear from them and to know that my students are, are picking up, and I, I know exactly when it's happening. I can see it. I can feel it, uh, and it's beautiful. So that's a really cool, that's a really cool perk <laughs> that I get with the job. Um, when it comes to psychic information about life and, say, looking at potential for the future, that I would say yes. I would more so. I would more so if I really felt stuck. If I really felt like oh, there's something I'm not seeing. Um, if I felt challenged, then for sure I would seek out somebody else. Then again, daily going within, 
um, you know, all of that stuff, I'm, I'm able to connect and to receive that information as well. So I don't need somebody else to tell me, but I certainly do sometimes feel like it is helpful depending, you know, depending on the situation and depending how, how I'm feeling, depending how stuck, if I feel stuck, then yeah, sometimes that can be a really good, a really good thing. The other question uh, Leslie had was, um, so many mediums seem to come from the UK, or is it my imagination that there's a greater number from overseas? Well, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot in the UK, for sure. Um, Spiritualism, like modern spiritualism, started in the eastern United States uh, at the end of the 1800s, but it quickly, quickly spread to the United Kingdom. And from what I've heard, um, I had a student that was from England and she said, basically like Friday night, it's a thing to do. Like, you know, people would just go to the local spiritualist church and, and go to a demonstration, you know, or go to a service and, you know, participate, see if any spirits come through for them. It's a very normal kind of like thing to do like an activity. So it's different. I think there are lots, there are lots in, um, in that part of the world, but I think it's growing. You know, I, I think that in the North America, we're seeing, we're definitely seeing more and more people kind of answering that call, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong that a lot do come from England in particular. What was the most interesting thing you learned about yourself and or spirit from one of your retreats overseas? Hmm. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of, um, a difficult question because I mean, there's been so, there's been so much, I would say, hmm, I would say with the stuff overseas, it's just been to take a leap of faith and to kind of recognize that it's deeply personal for each person. Like each, each one of us is very unique in our, our soul's DNA, in what makes us up as, as peoples and as spirit beings, you know, we're, we're spirit also. And so I think it's to recognize that like, no matter where you go in the world, um, everyone is kind of working from their level of consciousness. Everyone is doing their best. Everyone is really seeking that same thing, you know, that, that feeling of love and peace, uh, and to be really embraced by the spirit world, you know, to really know and, and experience spirit in a deep way. And so I think it's just being at peace with the journey. I I think it's shown me that like, you know, every, no matter how long you do this, no matter where you go, it's, it's a leap of faith. It's a leap of faith every time. And so it's taught me that. Um, It's taught me that, you know, people, spirit really does orchestrate meetings long before they happen. And I believe that because with every, every trip, every retreat that I've done, I find that I've been brought together with some of the most beautiful people, some of the most amazing people in my life. And even though we might not talk all the time or still have the opportunity to see each other all the time, these people are soul family, you know, and that's, that's something that I feel really, really thankful for. So that, that to me has been 
great. Um, I've loved the trance demonstrations that I've been a part of. So my teacher who first, you know, first trance experience I ever had, or not trance, even like physical mediumship experience that I experienced was with him at a first retreat that I ever went to. And it blew me away. It just absolutely blew my mind. And then also when I was at the Arthur Finley College, Eileen Davies, who's a Scottish medium, uh, she did a fantastic demonstration where two or three of her, her different guides were speaking through her. And it was phenomenal. It was absolutely incredible. And so those are life-changing. I mean, those are just life-changing experiences. And it was so cool. It was in the library of the college. And there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of like anticipation. And everybody was just so into it, hanging on every word. But brilliant. Yeah, different, different experiences like that are just, to me, those are priceless. And I think... The thing that it's taught me too is that there's been times when, you know, these things cost money. Like these are not, uh, it's not inexpensive to take time off, you know, and to travel here or travel there and then, you know, pay for the the classes themselves and, you know, all the rest of it. And I I think it's taught me that like, if it's something that's going to feed my soul, if it's something that, you know, I can... I can use to grow and to develop and to really feed my soul, it's worth it. You know, an investment of time, energy, money, resources, um, sacrificing time with, you know, kids, all that stuff, which is not easy for me to do. There's many times when I felt like guilt, you know, felt guilty for doing these things, almost like, oh, who am I to like take time out to go do this? Because it's so, it's such a privilege, you know, to be able to experience these things. But then the other part of me goes, wait a minute, this is good. This is good for my children to see me. And they've seen it from a very young age. They've seen me go after the things that set my soul on fire. They've seen me work hard for everything. And they've seen me not give up. They've seen me continuously pushing myself out of my comfort zone. It is not easy for me to put myself in situations where I don't know people and it's like, oh, like it's, it's. It's not necessarily easy. Granted, it's easier now, but in the beginning, very, very tough. So I think there's 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 good to all of it. And so I'm proud. I'm proud of myself for for doing that um, and putting myself out there in that way. Lastly, is there one angel in particular? we can ask in assisting us with our connection and our growth with meditation and connection. Hmm. Well, I do think that there's many. Um, I would say that, I mean, Archangel Michael, I feel like I don't even want to say it because he's just, everyone knows him. And it seems to me he's like kind of like the go-to, you know, for everything. Um, I would say Archangel Metatron would be a fabulous one to work with. Um, I also feel like um, Archangel Ariel comes to mind. Ariel is really the angel of nature and miracles and manifesting. And I think that that would be a powerful connection. And you could you could definitely work with her. Um, Azriel comes to mind as well. And um, there was another one. I think you might also want to um, 
work with Archangel Raphael because he is the healing angel. And so I do think that that you could work with the energy that way. Um, so, oh, okay. Azrael, I had to look it up because I forgot. I just, the name came to mind, but I forgot what he was in charge of. Um, he's the angel of God. He's known as the angel of grief. So he does help with people who are grieving. And I, I think also would be very helpful in, um, working with the energy of spirit as well. So, I mean, we could do a whole episode on on the angels and archangels, but um, I would say those are a few that you could just start off with. You can always just ask your own personal guardian angels as well. But the main thing with the growth and the connection and, and development of all of that and the meditation is to dedicate yourself to it to be disciplined with it doesn't mean it has to be rigid but disciplined you know and not to give up to just see every endeavor as valuable and and to let go of expectation and really really just enjoy your experiences that would be my advice for that so everyone, I hope this is helpful. I like I said, sometimes I wonder if this is just like TMI or if you guys are, you know, getting getting enjoyment out of it. Um hopefully, hopefully it's valuable to you. I'll keep doing it as long as it's it's means something to you and that it is, you know, it's helpful to you in your life. But I certainly value each one of you for, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for spending this time with me. It's beautiful to connect with people from all over the place. And I always imagine like, who knows, you could be listening to this now as I'm recording it in 2021. Who knows, maybe there's somebody that's listening to this in 2026. You know, we don't know. Um, But it's cool to think about that. And so wherever you are in this world, I send you love. I send you so many angels. And I just pray that you know that my heart is with yours. So take good care and we'll talk to you guys soon.